0: And particularly, you know, looking at that first impression. So let's talk about the, the Toll Plaza at, at Indiana Beach. I, You know, she, she set the tone for what you could expect and the mood that you should be in throughout your visit, throughout your experience, that this now kind of brings us full circle. This is part of our thread line here, <laughs> leads to those moments that are facilitated by guests related to their own experience that indirectly... were were done by the staff because the staff created the environment that you were in. Welcome to the Attraction Pros Podcast, where we discuss the latest trends and challenges facing the attractions industry today. We chat with some of the top leaders in the field and provide resources that will help develop your career in this great industry. I am Josh Liebman. I am obsessed with the guest experience and helping attractions make that their top priority for success.
1: And I'm Matt Heller. I am passionate about organizational effectiveness, leadership development, and employee engagement. Now sit upright,
0: hold on tight, and get ready for the Attraction Pros Podcast. Hey, Josh, how are you? Matt, I am so excited. I'm doing great. I'm, I'm even no, I'm not going to say it,
1: but how are you? <laughs> I am fantastic, and I have a question for you.
0: All right, can't wait.
1: Would you consider yourself in the realm of what you do within the industry and how much you love the industry, would you consider yourself an industry nerd?
0: Yeah, I'd say so. I'd okay. Probably. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Why is that? Why would, Why would you put yourself in that category?
0: You know it's interesting I think even the term nerd it probably has a, a negative connotation a lot, but I think it's you know it's about someone who's who's passionate and enthusiastic about a, a specific topic and is very proficient in that realm and uh, perhaps organizes life events uh, or even travel around those types of topics that they that they nerd out on. so I I do that when I can uh not a, not as often as I'd like to. Uh, sure. But uh, but yeah, I'd say so. What what about you? Oh, absolutely.
1: One hundred percent. One hundred percent. In fact, speaking of life events and uh, and travel opportunities, uh, you know very well that every year um, two friends and I organize the Coaster Nerd Con, which is just our time to go to as many parks as we can visit them and completely nerd out to your point of just looking at the little details, focusing on, you know, what we might do if we were the park manager, you know, all those kind of fun things. Um, and we do that for, for a week, we ride as many roller coasters as we can. Um, and I thought it would be kind of fun to kind of talk about some of the lessons that we got from that. And some of the things that, that I experienced
0: over that, that, uh, that period. I cannot wait to hear the lessons that you learned from it because I know that you cannot nerd out on something without having some actionable takeaways that could potentially make for, for a podcast episode. And can I just say too, I, I love how well you documented the journey. I know you, you know, when you do it every year, just about every year, I think maybe COVID hampered that a little bit, but, uh, but I, I, I enjoyed, I would say living vicariously. And there was, there was one post in particular that I thought was, um, kind of made me, made me chuckle a little, and it was two pictures. One was a funnel cake that you had just purchased, and the second was an empty plate, but you strategically uh, had three plastic forks on the plate, and I laughed at that. and I was like, all right, Matt is posting the They made sure that the forks were on it so no one would think that, you know, Matt just ate this himself. This was consumed by one person. This was, yes, it's a large funnel cake, but it was shared amongst three people. It absolutely
1: was shared among three people. And it was, if I think back, it was our only funnel cake uh, of the trip. And it was at Indiana Beach. Um, but it was a very, very good funnel cake, really, really good funnel cake. Um, so actually the, the way I, I do have a bunch of lessons and, and things I'd love to get your, your opinion on. Um, but I've actually got some of my favorite moments that I'd like to share, um, with you first. And by the way, for anybody listening, Josh has no idea what we're going to be talking about. So this is so, unprepared. so, so unprepared, uh, completely off the cuff, but I want to get your, take from a guest experience perspective um, on these sort of moments, because we all often talk about the fact that our industry is based on moments, right? And you have these memories and you have, you know, certain things that will will kind of etch themselves in your brain. And these four things, I think, will always be with me. And I'd like to kind of share these first, like these, these moments from different places, and maybe see if there's a, there's a, a line that kind of connects them. Right. okay so from from your guest cool. experience, expertise and nerdosity, you know, is there something that that kind of um, brings them together? so great word, by the way. Thank you <laughs> So I'll start and and kind of go um, in order that they happened. So some of these actually had had no involvement from an actual team member, which could be a whole different discussion in and of itself. Um, so you've been to Canobyl, correct? No. Oh, you haven't. Oh, okay. I thought you had. Okay. Well, anyway, (laughs) um, at Knoebels, there's a a coaster called the Phoenix, which I mean, I knew you knew that. Um, Well, I know how much they charged for it at
0: uh, when they, when they opened
1: it. Yes, 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 yes. Um, So we got to ride Phoenix. Well, I shouldn't say we got to, we chose to ride Phoenix 17 times. Um, Mm -hmm. We literally spent four and a half hours, just at Phoenix and just kept going over and over and over again. So as you do, you you go in different seats and, you know, you just, you know, kind of pile in wherever. And this one ride, um, I happened to sit in the third seat, which Brian Canova will tell you is his favorite seat, the third seat in the first car. And right in front of me, there were three small uh kids three small boys one was in the very front and then two were in the seat right in front of me and as you leave the station of uh, of the phoenix and you turn right and you go into a tunnel but there's probably i don't know 30 feet of kind of open space where there's a fence and other guests it's a great kind of um picture opportunity, right? Because other guests can stand there, they can see their friends in the in the train as they go by, they can uh, video record them, whatever. And so I happened to see what I thought was maybe the dad of these three boys, right? And he was recording them coming out of the station on the Phoenix front seat. um, And maybe and next to him was another guy, maybe his brother or a friend or whatever. And so what I did, and Again, this was just a fun moment. Is I gave them rabbit ears between, you know, behind the, because I saw that they were being recorded. So I gave, <laughs> I gave rabbit ears behind the two kids in front of me. And it wasn't so much the who I think the dad's reaction was who was filming, but his buddy starts pointing and laughing and thinking that's the greatest thing in the world. Right. And so this really stuck with me because it was a guest experience that guests created right? This wasn't something that Kenobles created. It wasn't something that, you know, a team member created, but it was a, it was a really cool moment between guests. And it really solidified to me how important these moments are. Okay. Mm. So that's experience number one. Okay. Okay. Experience number two happened at Hershey park. So at Hershey Park, we, <laughs> again, we were binging the, the, the coaster that we liked the, the most, which is candemonium. So super smooth, butter smooth, tons and tons of airtime. So we, again, went on it a, a bunch of times. Well, there was a young lady who was working there, and I think she was from the Philippines. Her name tag said boss. And I asked her about it, and she said, well, my name in, in the Philippines is hard to pronounce in the English, so we just put boss on my name tag. I said, well, that's cool boss. You know, thanks boss. You know, and, and every time I saw her, I'd be like, you know, Hey, what's up boss. You know, and, and she would get a big smile on her face and, you know, she would move up to a different position on the, on the load platform. And, you know, I would say, Hey boss, or thanks boss, or what I would always refer to her by her name and again, big smiles on her face. And um, that was just another thing where, you know, again, a guest was, and maybe it's from my my upbringing in the industry, but I saw that as an opportunity to interact with people. and um, it was just something that I really really enjoyed and and loved the fact that we got to have that kind of interaction. So um, she played right along, you know, she, again, she smiled and you know was was really enjoying it. Um, so that's number two. So we've got the guy at the, yeah. at the Phoenix. We've got boss at, at Candymonium. Um, when we got to Indiana Beach and we got to the, the, um, the toll booth where you pay for parking, there was a very nice woman there, probably in her 60s, maybe 70s, um, very personable, joking around with us. Um, and she said, now, you know, when you buy this ticket, like there, there is no going out and coming back. So if you go in, she goes, you stay in there until you hate it. <laughs> like that is the, uh, that is the, um, her, her level of like, then you can leave, right? Because you've gotten your money's worth and you don't want to have to pay for parking twice, right? So you stay in there until you hate it, which I thought was just really funny. Um, so that's number three. Number four happened at Cedar Point so at cedar point we um encountered about a four hour rain delay so everything was shut down for four hours excuse me and as the as the clouds parted and the and the sky opened up we were heading for steel vengeance so we get you know right in that in the like by the train track area
0: yeah
1: and we hear somebody we hear the the greeter on the microphone say um you know, the weather has, has started to clear, but we don't know when Steel Vengeance is going to open. Now there's a whole bunch of people that have already lined up. They're ready to go. The fast lane people are there, the regular people, and they start cheering. And they're like, woohoo! He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, nothing's happening. Like, <laughs> there's nothing happening here. Like, we don't know when it's ha- when it's going to open. And so,
0: you but know. I don't see any lightning. I don't right? see I don't, any rain.
1: I don't see anything. Why isn't it open? I mean, they they were so nice about it. I mean, the the... The guests and stuff um but then you know a couple of minutes later a couple of minutes go by and we see a train cycling, and so all right we're getting we're getting close and so the guy at the greeter the position he he um picks the microphone he goes just a reminder no loose articles on the on the you know the train blah blah blah. put it your, put your stuff in a locker the whole nine yard does the whole spiel
0: mm-hmm.
1: and people start cheering for that too right i mean people are just amped up so then the phone rings the phone rings down by the greeter position and we're all like, okay, this is it. This is it. So the guy, this was, this, I thought was super funny. He picks up the microphone again and he goes, just a reminder, there's no loose articles, blah, 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 blah. You know, he does the whole spiel exactly the same way. And then he goes, and by the way, steel vengeance is open. <laughs> <laughs> and so again, the crowd just goes crazy, but that I thought was just a, was a cool moment. Like he didn't have to do that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He didn't have to, to kind of go to that, length to kind of entertain the crowd. So those were four, I would call special memories from this trip that really were really, really cool from a guest perspective. So I'd love your, your take on those. You want me to draw
0: a thread line? If, if, if there is one, I don't know, maybe there isn't one. Sure. So for, I, you know, for the, for the first one, and actually even telling you the, the first Two. So the first one being the the bunny ears photobomb, and the second one being you making bosses day. You said she kept smiling. She, you know, she uh, uh, was was interactive. She enjoyed the uh, the banter, if you will. Um, We're about guests creating circumstances for themselves, and uh, you know, we really do provide or we we create a huge stress on the service that staff is delivering to the guest. Uh, While at the same time knowing that. That actually is a portion of their experience. Whereas most of it, while well, you know, while guests are waiting in line and when they're, you know, playing games with each other and singing songs and you know, whatever it is, it's it, the guest in a way is creating the experience for themselves. And like you said, like Kenobles didn't create that experience, no, but they created Knobles, right? So that same type of thing probably wouldn't have happened at your grocery store, right? So it it, it needed to be in that environment in which that type of circumstance could, could happen and could be fun and could be entertaining. And like you said, create a, a moment that is that that creates that memory from that experience, uh, had nothing to do with ride, had nothing to do with the employees, had nothing to do with the business. It was, it, it was the memory, right. It was, and that's, you know, what you took away from it. Uh, and then kind of tying that into, uh, to your, your interaction with boss at Candymonium that I, in many cases, the employee experience is driven by the guest experience. If if leadership is on their game and doing it a, a phenomenal job and uh, you know, r- recognizing staff and coaching staff and, and just providing the, the best leadership that they can, and everyone in the park is grumpy, all the guests are are having a bad day, whatever it is, maybe it's that weather delay. Yeah, that's going to negatively impact the employee experience. Whereas uh, you just gave it a good example of the reverse of that. The, the guests were having a good time, therefore that spilled into the employee experience side of it. Maybe we could even kind of put a pin on that as we always continue to explore the intersection between guest and employee experience and that the employees have a huge influence over the guest experience. Well, the guests have a a huge influence over the employee experience as well. Uh, the third one being the Indiana beach, right? Um, I, what was it? You're, you're stuck in there until you hate it. No, stay in there until you hate it. Stay in there until you hate it. Uh, This past weekend, uh, my my dad was in town to uh, to visit Chicago, and he was going to an, an event called Bass Bash. He's he's a bassist, and know, you know that. Uh, and it was held at this this bar called Reggie's, which is kind of uh, like in the in the South Loop area of Chicago. It's actually close to Chinatown, and um, they they have a big sign in front, right underneath the the name of the bar, Reggie's. It says, "We're not happy until you're not happy." And so that's kind of what that reminded me of, of: of you will you will stay here until you're not having a good time anymore. Because if you're still having a good time, there's no reason to leave, right? A bit obscure, right? Yeah. <laughs> Both of those. I it, in the instance of of this woman at the toll plaza, uh, she's probably said that before, right? You know, th- that's probably one of those one of those things that she says, "Hey, I, I've tried and true. It, it throws guests off completely, but you know, I, I get a good laugh." Uh, she also. Read the room she saw you and and alan and darren right yep yep if it was was, you know parents with like three small kids maybe she would say maybe she wouldn't or so so she was able to uh to identify her audience in that moment and be able to to say something that she knew she could have an impact on the guest experience that went far beyond the functional need of please pay pay for parking no, I am I am here to take your money for parking. No, I am here to provide a first impression of the park and I'm going to get you entertained right before you even go in. So the, the memory that you just shared from me, Indiana Beach, wasn't didn't even happen inside the park, right? You know, it happened didn't even happen, happened before you got into the parking lot. I so then the uh the Cedar Point one Steel Vengeance and I, I think that the takeaway was the the way that the employee announced that Steel Vengeance was open, uh, was 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 it a creative way? He he read his audience. He said, I, "I I could probably say I had a peanut butter sandwich for lunch today, and everyone would go nuts, right?" Yeah, you know? uh, and, and decided to to play around with the energy that was right in front of him. So he was able to uh, to again do do more than the functional job, even though it wasn't that much more, right? He had to announce the loose article policy, He had to announce that the the ride was open, but it was the way in which he did that, that, well, now for you, created that moment, created a memory. And that, you know, reminds me of, of, you know, how we talk about creating a, a consistent experience. And we, you know, we give our staff scripts and they have to read this word for word, you know, even if you have a script, uh, the way that you read the script and the way that you deliver that is about your personality, and and your personality is the one who's going to make those words be engaging and feel personal. I, uh, you know, every every movie has a script, and if they hire an A-list celebrity who's a, a, you know, a top performing actor, if it's you know if it's Tom Hanks, if it, you know, and it it's not just that they're saying those words; it's that the way they're saying it, because anybody could say it. But Tom Hanks is going to deliver the way that Tom Hanks will, right? Uh, so I'd say that's my my takeaways. Hopefully there was a thread line in there somewhere. The guest experience and the employee experience definitely, uh, definitely have influence over each other. And you know what? That guy at Steel Vengeance probably enjoyed the fact that he was able to say, oh, and by the way, Steel Vengeance is now open, right? So the energy of the collective guests around him was able to, to probably make him satisfied too.
1: Well, I think that's one of the things that I took away too, is that collective energy of, of so many different situations that we encountered, because that's what our industry does, right? You know, we, we have these moments or we have these, these opportunities for people to be in a situation where you get caught up in the energy of what, what is happening and it's cool, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's what, it's what we sell, if you will, right? Yeah. Um, but one of the things that you mentioned that I hadn't even really thought of was how the guest experience a lot of times isn't actually influenced by the team member in that moment. So like you said, you know if guests are singing songs or they're they're doing something that's away from an attraction or away from a game or away from a merchandise location, they've got to be in the right sort of happy fun mindset to have fun with the the people that they're there with right yeah. and i think that is something that i don't know that we talk about enough but it's 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 incredibly impo- uh, powerful
0: so let me ask you this yeah if and i'm not saying yeah i'm, I'm saying if cuz i know that this wasn't the case but if at Knobles, if every single employee you interacted with was rude and was having a bad day and was grumpy would you still have done that bunny ears photo bomb? And do you think that the dad's buddy would have seen that and left?
1: Well, since we spent most of our time at the Phoenix, um, (laughs) I would say if that crew had been rude and they were, they were not making the, the,
0: the, um, or even dry, what if they were dispatching, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if that were the case, it might've dampened our, um, our experience in the station and maybe I wouldn't have done it. Maybe I would have been sitting in that seat going, Ugh. you know, kind of, you're kind of recovering from that negative station experience until you get, you know, on the ride, you go through the tunnel, you go up the lift hill. Okay. Now I can enjoy the the coaster. Right. You know, or, can who, you? Or, or can I, right? Yeah. Maybe I'm I'm like, you know, um, but I, I, I have to say one other experience with, um, uh, the Phoenix was that there's a a team member right at the entrance who is supposed to either take your tickets or look at your wristband or, you know, whatever it is to, to get on the ride. And I think she was there the entire time that we were there. Like maybe I'm in four and a half hours, I'm sure she took a break, but we saw her a lot and she's like back, again, back again, back (laughs) again. And it was just a fun interaction that we had with her. And that put us in a positive, um, positive mood not that we weren't anyway, but just kind of coming in, we knew we were going to see her again. You know, we had a little interaction, we all smiled and then we got into the, into the line. So I absolutely, it, it all adds up. Um, but had that crew been just surly or, you know, like you said, just kind of blah there, uh, you know, maybe the the experience wouldn't have been what
0: it was. And not only that, but you probably would have been walking around the park like that trash can's overflowing, <laughs> Bathrooms out of paper towels, not enough ice in my soda cup. You know, when, when you think about whether it's the first impression or kind of those those interactions throughout the day, they set the tone for the remainder of the experience. And if the first impression is positive, then hey, you, you might not even notice that the trash can's overflowing, or it's oh there was only one trash can overflowing, or you know, or whatever it is. Uh, but when it's when it's kind of dampened, like you said, surly, then you you start to think well if that's what this experience is like, well, then what's, what's this over here? They might be completely disconnected. Like I'm, I'm over at at this ride and well, well now these ride employees aren't friendly when they're probably, when they might be just the same, you know, whatever it is, it'd be something that would, that would be overlooked. And that's definitely something that, um, you know, is it, it seems conceptual, but there's really a lot of a lot of data behind it that kind of that that I've observed from measuring guest guest experience, and particularly you know looking at that first impression. So let's talk about the the Toll Plaza at, at Indiana Beach. I you know she she set the tone for what you could expect and the mood that you should be in throughout your visit, throughout your experience. That this now kind of brings us full circle. This is part of our thread line here <laughs> leads to those moments that are facilitated by guests related to their own experience that indirectly were were done by the staff because the staff created the environment that you were in.
1: Right. Right. And I think back to the mood that that put us in and we're like, there's no way we're going to hate this. You know, so (laughs) I mean, that was was positive. Right. Mm -hmm. And even when we left, we're like, I don't know if we can leave yet because we don't hate it.
0: <laughs> you know, what do you mean the park's closed?
1: <laughs> what do you mean?
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think things like that. Um, and you mentioned it with the with the Steel Vengeance guy, kind of using your personality, using uh, you know, allowing team members to um, use their their creativity. Um, uh, you know, kind of along those same lines when we were at. A bunch of different places. I mean, King's Island, great adventure, you know, the people doing the ride spiels, I mean, they were funny, you know, and they were engaging and it was like, this is uh, exactly what I'm looking for. Right. Yes. I can get on El Toro. I can get on mystic timbers, but part of the experience is hearing what goofy things the ride operator might say, you know?
0: Well, my biggest memory from when you and I did attraction pros take Las Vegas was when we did the zip line, the yeah. zip line was fun, the staff made it memorable. They were funny. They were hilarious. That like I would just go back and wait in line, you know, for and I would still want to do the zip line at the end. But you know, I mean, it was. Uh, yeah, it was the way that they created the environment around them that amped up the enthusiasm of the guests. The rides are great, right? The, the rides are the ride, right? That hopefully will be the you know consistent experience, you know, for you know, for every guest. But the the mood that you are in when you get on the ride, or when you see the show, or when you do this, when you're in the exhibit or whatever it is, uh, is very much influenced by the staff, even if it uh, indirectly influences guest facilitated elements of their experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you found a thread? Yeah. Nicely done. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the way, side note too, is I know I wasn't on this trip, but I took a picture of you while you were at Cedar Point. Oh,
1: from the plane?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was flying from New York to Chicago, and I rarely ever sit on a, on a window seat. So I selected seat D, but it was 2-2, two, two, so it went A, B, C, D. So I thought D would be the aisle. <laughs> Like, yeah, so I'm on the the right side of the plane if you're facing the cockpit. And uh, and I look out at one point, I was like, Oh, there's Cleveland, and I was like, Wait, if that's Cleveland, I know what's coming up. I got a good good few pictures of Cedar Point. Then when I landed, you tweeted from Cedar Point, and I was like, Well, wait a minute, that's in this picture. So if you zoom in real close, can you see me? Glad I got
1: to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Well, you know, you're welcome anytime. You know, we 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 welcome other nerds, and we we had Mark Rosenzweig join us for quite a bit of the day at Kings Island. You know, so we, we have other people that um, that join in. We're we're more than happy to. You know, you, you got to have the same level of nerd, which Mark definitely does. Yeah. Um, so uh, so that was that was cool. So I've got a couple of other things that I wanted to kind of bring up, and yeah, I think they're good takeaways, they're lessons, uh, some of the things I posted uh, on social media. But I, I think they're definitely worth repeating and talking a little bit about. So the first one is actually from Six Flags uh, Great Adventure. And one of the things that we saw there was they had this massive poster, um, probably, I don't know, four feet wide, five feet tall, something like that. And it had a picture of team members on it. And it said, you know, give a shout out to your favorite employee. Um, It had a QR code. And it said, it even said, you know, are they being safe? Are they providing service? Is it because of cleanliness? So they kind of gave you some criteria, but all you had to do was click on that QR code and it brought up a form for you to give positive. Well, I guess you could give any kind of feedback, but they were asking for for recognition. Um, And I just thought it was so cool and so easy to be able to provide some recognition. And what that left me with was, and you've talked about this a lot too. Is giving feedback should be easy, right? Mm-hmm. It should be it should be something that isn't so cumbersome that people aren't going to want to do it. And I mean, I remember, I I got the QR code. Alan, Dare, and I were walking probably to El Toro, and I I um, you know, uh, was, was putting some things in there about some of the some of the team members that we interacted with, and it was just it was just easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you know, again, it was something that I I posted, and a lot of people. Really felt like that was something that, if they hadn't done that already, would be a a positive thing to do to get some of that guest feedback.
0: Yeah, Uh, you know, and like you said, giving feedback should be easy. Uh, And the traditional model would be, you know, go to guest services and and leave a comment. Or there's there was the valet attendant many years ago who said, "Here's your valet instructions, and here's a TripAdvisor card. Please leave a review about me." Yeah. About what? I, <laughs> about how you gave me the instructions on this card. Uh, but presenting it there, and also what I think is important too is to say, like, to give a shout out to a team member, because I think it's one thing to say if you have feedback, do this, and then that might make the guest think, I, "Well, I don't, I don't think I have any feedback to give." But if it is, if you want to give a shout out to a team member, well, I'm interacting with employees all day. The team members are the ones. Driving the experience, yeah, maybe you know it's it, if if my hot dog was cold, like I'd want to leave that type of feedback too. Um, but tying it to the employees there is where there's probably a lot of uh, a lot of actions, a lot of quick actions that can come from it from management. So that's probably uh, probably the best way to be able to drive up a high amount of actionable feedback uh, and done with the QR codes. People now know how to use QR codes. Three years ago. I didn't know how to use a QR <laughs> code. I said these are pointless. These are this is dying. Like no one will, no one will. This will never gain traction. Um, I was wrong about that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's it, it's a good way to be able to do that. Now, did you see those signs in multiple places throughout the park? There were at least two that I remember. Okay, at least two di- in two different places okay what uh, what was the interface like it when once you pulled that up what what did you see?
1: I think it asked for you know some demographic like your name you know stuff and I can't remember if that was a, a required field or not but yeah. then it just said what did the team member do basically it was it was an open. Um, verbatim that you could, you could put in there. So okay. um, it was, it, like I said, it was pretty, pretty simple. Like I didn't have okay. to go through a whole bunch of hoops and, you know, jump through a whole bunch of different screens and things like that. So um it, again, get, pulling it up because of the QR code was easy, but also going through the actual interface was pretty easy too.
0: Yeah. So it was just text-based. You didn't fill out a survey at all.
1: Meaning... Uh, you oh no 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 no! There there weren't questions. It was okay. all just just my my verbatim.
0: Okay, cool. So they're they're amping up the qualitative data that they're yep. getting from it, which in many cases can be more actionable, uh, as long as and and then perhaps they could find a way to to track that, and we'd have to dive deeper into that or have a representative from Six Flags. So if you're listening, right. we, we want to know more about about how you're doing this. So, uh, cool, good, good yeah. yeah.
1: Well, actually, uh, to that point, I. One thing I just thought of is I don't know where the data goes or how they use it, right? Which you and I know that's like over half the battle, right? You've got to do something with that. That it's one thing to collect it, um, but I I don't know like how quickly that gets back to the team member uh, or what they do with that. Is it you know kind of aggregated or is it put in you know word for word? I don't know how um, that system reports that out.
0: So then there's, there's an opportunity there to enhance it, to be able to connect it back to the guests that say, Matt, we got your, your comments about Terrence at El Toro, whatever it was, but he said, you're walking to El Toro for like, I don't know, making it up, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and we were able to recognize him and, you know, your feedback goes a long way and, you know, we can't wait to see you again on your next visit. So, uh, so they could, they could take it to another level as far as, you know, not only are they doing something with it, but they're letting, you know, that they're doing something with it. Right right cool cool
1: cool Cool. um so the next thing i want to talk about brings us back to um our episode with brian yesian okay for that i do um and that that is (laughs) that you
0: all out there remember that (laughs) if not one it was one well it was right around 150 wasn't it Uh, probably or one, right around two hundred, I meant.
1: Sorry. You, you're much better at remembering those off the off the top of your head, the numbers. Uh, but Brian's all about audio, right, and how things sound and and that kind of thing. And so, my my takeaway from a lot of attractions that that we we experienced was that sound matters. Hmm.
0: Right? Audio episode two hundred one, by the way. Yeah. Perfect,
1: perfect episode two hundred one. Yeah. So take a listen to that one. But here's here's what I took away. Remember, I talked about those ride speeds. Well, if you can hear them and they're clear and they're loud enough, it's great. But when the when the team member is eating the microphone and you can't understand them, or it's it's too soft, or you know, even if it's too loud, that takes away from the experience, right? Um, So that's kind of on the on the you know spiel side. So if if you if you have um, people that are actually speaking into a microphone on a ride deck or wherever it is, it's important that that system can support the, the message that you're trying to get out there. But also, um, and I'm sure this happens in other attractions, but I'm going to use this one as an example. Have you ever been on the Houdini's Great Escape at Great Adventure?
0: Matt, I'm going to save you some time. I have never been to any of the Eastern PA parks. I'm okay. embarrassed to say that. but Okay, uh, it's
1: okay. But Noble,
0: good... Hershey, Great Adventure, uh, or Dorney uh, are on my list. Good, good. Very good. high on so honor. So <laughs> this, this
1: attraction is... One of the most unique I've been on because it's modeled after something from Cody Island, which I didn't even know about called the haunted swing, I think, hmm. where you're basically in two rows, at least this is how this was set up. So you come into a room and you're in two rows of, of seats, almost like pews at a church or something, right? So then a lap bar comes down. And you're all kind of locked in and these two rows. actually there's four rows, two rows are facing each other. And so there's a big space in the middle Mm -hmm. and this whole thing that you're on starts to swing, right? That's kind of cool. But then the outer room, if you picture yourself like in a, in a room in the haunted mansion, that whole outer room spins, right? So you get the sensation of going upside down.
0: Oh, so it is, it is spinning. I'm watching your hand motions here, but it's spinning <laughs> Sorry. vertically, right? It's not just spinning around you horizontally. It is, it is spinning around you vertically. Okay. Yes, exactly.
1: Exactly. Okay. Yeah. If, if you're, if you're listening to the audio podcast, check out the video on YouTube and you will see my, my hands doing the gesture. Um, And so you are swinging on a swing, like on a swing, right? And you never go upside down, but because the room is spinning around you, it starts to feel that way, and it's a really interesting sensation. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because there's a pretty lengthy pre-show to this, and it was really quiet, and I couldn't hear it. And one of the guys I was with, I think Alan said, "Well, it's because we're in New Jersey, and you know people are just you know loud and they're talking and they're not listening and blah blah blah." But I, there, there was one part where there was a film, and I think it was captioned, so we could kind of hear and see what was going on in the film, but there was all this other stuff and it was a cool pre-show, but you, again, you, you couldn't really hear it. And whether they just didn't, you know, announce that, Hey, we're starting and, you know, you should pay attention or whatever it was. um, It, I think it really took away from the experience. And then Mm -hmm. when we got into the room, the audio wasn't all that great in there either. The, the sensation and the, the motion was really cool. But I think when you, when you talk about from a story perspective, And you know, really enhancing all of the senses, audio really matters. And so, I I think my takeaway from this is really thinking about the entire experience. So, if you are you know a manager of an attraction or an area that has a microphone or a sound system, you know, go into that area and really listen. And you know, if if depending on your organization, if you have techs and, you know, you can bring them in to, to, to tweak it or whatever you need to do, um, because it, it really can enhance the experience a lot. You could do nothing different to that Houdini's uh, attraction, except, I don't know, turn up the, the sound or make it more clear or, you know, create, you know, some sort of starting point where people are, are kind of quiet and they actually listen and, you know, the enjoyment of that attraction would go up exponentially just because of the sound um and then again you know on on ride decks there was one um i want to say it was the i never get the name of this right the the big drop ride at great adventure that's on the side of king to ka we always call Uh-oh. jumanji but that's not the name of it in,
0: in the actual structure yeah yeah yeah, yeah anyway. i know what you're talking about yeah
1: so the the operator there He was really doing a good job of trying to engage people and talk to them and stuff like that, but he was kind of eating the microphone and you could barely understand him. So (laughs) I could tell what he was trying to do and if he either had some training on that microphone or um, maybe it was a better system, I'm not sure. I mean, again, that could have really enhanced that experience. So thank you, Brian. Audio matters.
0: Yeah. I was once doing a guest experience workshop a couple of years ago and I was mic'd up and the mic itself was was distorted i don't know if the battery pack was running low or whatever it was uh but like the first hour of my presentation like i, I think the audience heard like every third word or Ooh. something like that so i well thankfully like hopefully my voice was loud enough naturally that they'd be able to pull it together but then once and, and i'm i'm watching the audience like being like oh the, they're not as engaged as I as I thought they would be. And then they switched out my mic uh, an hour later, and then I could see the energy in the room get a lot better. I was like, oh, they can actually hear me much better. So so yeah, audio matters. Yeah, it really does. It really does. Um <clears throat> cool. And yes, thank you, Brian. Yes, Ian. Episode 201. <laughs> yes,
1: episode 201. You will hear why audio matters uh in that episode. So um, but again, as we're talking about the specifically in this case the the guest experience that could be enhanced even more by the employee experience you know it's it's sometimes those little things that will will um, allow that to happen
0: mm-hmm. right so so that was that to me was a, a big takeaway and on that note too like if anybody goes back and like listens to the first few episodes of this podcast they'd be like oh you know audio matters so yeah <laughs> <laughs> but we like learn very very early days
1: <laughs> we're, we're getting better um we've got better microphones and, and better production and stuff like that. Um, so this, this is kind of along the same line um, because I talked about audio and sound matters, but also presentation matters. Um, okay. And there's two examples that I have here. Number one is Hershey park. Um, I don't know if you saw my, my post about the Ferris wheel appetizer presentation. I so they've got in their chocolatier restaurant, which is, you know, in the, in the new section that they've just built at the, with the new gate uh, that they have, which is absolutely beautiful. They've got an appetizer um, that comes out on a Ferris wheel. So it's like, I don't know, two and a half feet tall. And it's got, you know, little plates on, you know, where the Ferris wheel cars would be. And when we saw that that was available, it almost didn't matter what the, the appetizers were. Like we were going to get this thing because it was so cool. So it didn't matter how much it cost either. No, it, it absolutely did not matter the cost or almost what food was on it. We were going to get it because it was such a cool presentation, right? Um, so that's, that's one thing. And then when we were at King's Island, I was so impressed by many things. I mean, King's Island has really knocked it out of the park for their 50th anniversary. Their team members like were textbook or maybe I should say handbook, like perfect when it came to their, their wardrobe, hmm. right? I mean, you could put any of the people that we saw that day in the handbook as an example of what you want your team members to look like. And to me, those two things, like the, the presentation of the apps, the presentation of the team members, again, really upped the experience that we had as guests because it goes back to everything that we talk about let's talk about this the the team members for a second right you know when we see a a team member that is um that looks like we expect them to look right automatically we think the ride's going to be safer right automatically we think that the experience is going to be better because the team members are 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 looking so so good and so polished and then put Put with that, the fact that you know, at every ride cycle, they were waving, right? If you're watching the video, you see my hand waving, they would wave as we would leave the station and they were very personable and they were, they were fast, they were efficient, but still very personable. Um, and so the way that we see things absolutely matters. And this goes with cleanliness, this goes with paint, this goes with everything. So when I think about the presentation from the guest side, I also think about this from the employee side, right? if you go into work and your break area is a dump, right, or the back of house areas are just in disarray because, well, the guests aren't going to see it, I think that's a negative impact to the employees. Agreed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot there. I kind of like how you sort of touched on it twofold right there. The presentation matters uh, in terms of you talk about the, the appetizer at uh, at Hershey with the Ferris wheel. And then, you know, from the team member standpoint, and I completely agree with that. And, and you know, that's what led to a lot of uniform and wardrobe standards over the years that were very strict. And interestingly, they've, you know, uh, interestingly is, is the word, but, you know, as, as times have changed, as far as the way that they've become a little bit more relaxed is when society has said... Someone with, with a visible tattoo on their arm doesn't mean they're not professional. Whereas previously, like that's that's just what it meant, right? That's that's just what it was assumed to be, and it's you know clearly not the case anymore. So as as long as that presentation continues to follow, I would say uh, where where the rest of society outside the park is is deeming it to be, then that's you know then that's really important. the uh, The Ferris wheel appetizer at at Hershey Park, you know, if you think about that. That's way more expensive than a regular plate. I don't know how much they they paid for that, but yeah. way more yeah. expensive than than any other way that it, it could be presented. Probably very well on a on a plate that was divided out into you know into multiple components. But you're much more likely to order it because of the way that it came, and it acts as a billboard for itself. The fact that it has it has vertical representation on it means that people around the restaurant maybe even outside the restaurant can see that people are getting that and they're going i want that and to your point i care what's being served on it hopefully that was really good too i imagine it probably was uh, but it enhances the uh, the overall demand for that appetizer which i'm guessing probably cost more than most of the other appetizers or other items on the menu you had to have it because you had to have it is that right yeah yeah. yeah, and and the the
1: food was really good, yeah. so let's let's not discount that part of it, right? Exactly. Once exactly. it came out, the food was good, but to your point, we also saw all these Ferris wheels showing up on tables all around us.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, when when I worked at Legoland, and, and I worked for Pixel, so I was overseeing all souvenir photo. Uh, we we could print your picture on a Lego brick wall. I'm sure they can still do that today. And, uh, that was our hottest product. People are like, I, I have to get that specifically because it exists. Right. And yeah. Yeah, naturally it, it had a, well, it had maybe lower margins than perhaps the, the standard photo, but it was priced appropriately so that it, it made up for that. And it, uh, I, you know, was, was able to be the, you know, the highest selling product because of it, or one of the highest selling products, I uh, because of, because the presentation mattered. Right. And that's, yep. That's our industry, right? I mean, that's the same thing with you know whether it's team members, whether it's food and beverage, whether it's the the coat of paint on the rides, whether you know it's the landscaping, the things that that don't necessarily have an exact revenue tie-in, I uh, all go into how the guest experience it, what they what they see and feel, and then if you can tie the revenue into it, whether it's the Ferris wheel appetizer or the Lego brick walls, then I uh, then you're you're setting yourself up for success.
1: Now I will tell you that had I seen. Those same appetizers on a sampler platter that didn't come on a Ferris wheel, I probably wouldn't have ordered them. Right. You know, I might have gotten, you know, mozzarella sticks or something, or, you know, we may have gotten one or two apps for the table, but we wouldn't have gotten, I don't know, there were five or six different things that that, that came on this Ferris wheel. So it's just a very different way to present it. And then what did you do? We posted it online.
0: And you know what now? <laughs> I want that. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you go to Hershey Park, you definitely have to check it out. Exactly. That's that's the number one thing on my list. Yeah. yeah and the boss of Candy Bonium.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 Um, cool. 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 Well, I've got a couple more.
0: Okay. If, let's right. do it.
1: All right. Yeah. Um, so we talk a lot about tech when it comes to the guest experience and how. Um, So many things are on your phone and things that you can do um, to enhance the experience that might be technologically um, uh, driven. But this experience that I had at Kennywood really, to me identified the fact that you can't take the human element out of it. So here's, here's what we, we encountered. So at Kennywood, like a lot of other places, they have this, I think they call it the speedy pass, you know, it's their cut the line pass and you go in and there's a little booth and there's two people sitting there and they were, will answer any questions that you have. But when it actually comes to buying it and using it, it's all on your phone. Like they don't even sell it at that location, right? So everything you do, you put in your credit card, you do everything on your phone. And so we're like, well, just being curious, we're like, what are you here for? You know, <laughs> you know like, like. If everything is on the phone, like we buy it. And, all, and I thought their answer was perfect. They said, emotional support. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it made total sense because, you know, you got this tech thing that you're doing and you may not understand it, but they walked you through how to set it up and, you know, how to use it in the whole nine yards. So yes, there is that, that cool tech piece of it, but they also identified that we still need a person to help our guests figure this out.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and in this case, uh, it allows them to do a lot more with their job from a guest service standpoint because it takes out a lot of the trans. It takes out the entire transaction element of it. So, well, to that point, there's no loss prevention or cash control, you know, component with that. Uh, and that they are able to ensure that you have the best experience with it. Otherwise, you might, might not. But you might get confused, frustrated, not get it at all. Or get it and then later complain about it, want your money back, leave a sour opinion on it, or you could have those employees there for emotional support and make sure that you are able to use it to the best of its abilities.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And they were able to. I think the the cool thing that you just mentioned is they they took the transaction out of it, right? And so often we we identify that when there's a transaction, that's all that the interaction becomes is the transaction right where they were really guest services they were really um information yeah. um so they were they could kind of talk us through the different tiers of the program again they could kind of show us how it worked on the phone so that to your point wow. like when we get over to steel phantom no phantom's revenge sorry uh when we go to a phantom of revenge and we know how exactly how to use it and how to use it the best way possible it's because they explained it to us right and so often you know when you've got a piece of tech you're kind of left with the tech, as the you know, kind of figure it out. Yes, it may be intuitive, but this really helped make that that process much more um, palatable.
0: Now, as I mentioned, that those employees can take all the time they need, all the time you need, to be able to get the information. Whereas that ride up at uh, Phantom's Revenge, <laughs> I was about to say Steel Phantom, and I was going to say Steel Vengeance, <laughs> that ride up at Phantom's Revenge. I needs to hit the interval, so they need you to show up knowing what to do. Yes, yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. So I, I just thought it was really cool that they said emotional support. Yeah, like they could have said anything. They could have said we're here for information, we're here to serve our guests. Um, but thinking about the tech, you know, it can be an emotional process. Like you could be very frustrated, and I think about people who may not be as comfortable with the tech, but they really want to use it and they want to take advantage of it, but they get frustrated, like hitting the wrong button and things like that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I thought that was a cool way to to talk about that. So so two more, one actually was not at a park. So I think it was after Great Adventure, we went to the only Chickie and Pete's that I've ever seen outside of a park. (laughs) It was in Bordentown, New Jersey, I think it was. And it was late at night. We were hungry, yada, yada, yada. So the server comes up to me and, you know, very nice, very personable, bubbly, you know, the whole nine yards. And she's kind of talking us through the special Chickie and Pete's fries and the whole nine yards of what, what, what their identifiers are. Um, and, we, and we start to place our orders. And I placed mine first, which was, I think, a, a Caesar salad with salmon. And then, you know, Darren and Alan um, uh, made their orders. But she was not writing it down, right? She was remembering it, you know, like some servers will do. And then she said... To me, she said, now, just so I remember, what did you want again? And I said, I I wanted a hot dog. And, you know, she laughed and Darren Allen laughed and the whole nine yards. I said, no, I wanted a Caesar salad. I felt, what's that? With Santa.
0: Santa. Yeah, yeah, I didn't write that down. Okay.
1: (laughs) So I felt this was a bit of a missed opportunity because I would have loved if she came back with a hot dog for me.
0: Right. So she was she asked you jokingly.
1: Well, no, she said she said, No, what, what do you I said jokingly, I wanted a hot dog.
0: Right. And but then she I said, came hey. back to when she came back to you and asked, she said, remind me what you wanted again. She was joking, right? No, she was not. Oh, she was not joking.
1: She was hot not dog. joking. She wanted to make sure she got it right. Yeah. And so I said, I wanted a I wanted a hot dog. She laughed, you know, it was it was a fun moment. Um, but I said, No, I actually wanted the Caesar salad with salmon. Um so again, just like from a, from an opportunity standpoint, if she had come back with a hot dog and then even right after that, you know, with a salad, I thought that would have been like just the coolest thing that she could have done. Now what, you know, Alan and Darren pointed out, like there's no hot dogs on the menu. They didn't even have <laughs> hot dogs here. I'm like, I don't care. Make the salmon in, in the shape of a hot dog and put it in a piece of bread. I don't care, you know, but just something to kind of continue that, experience in conversation. do you know what I mean like like often people get those exp- like get those um, jokes or you know those um, situations kind of served up on a silver platter
0: mm-hmm. and you
1: don't take advantage of it. So to me that was a little bit of a missed opportunity. Maybe I'm completely wrong. you can tell me if I am but I thought
0: that would have been a really cool cool gesture. Well, once I found out that they don't have hot dogs, <laughs> and so I thought, well, maybe that'd be kind of difficult unless there's like literally a Nathan's right next door. Right. Um, in which case, would have taken more time, would have created that memory in that moment. So I'm not, I'm not in total disagreement. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think the the point you were making is, you said we're often served up with with those opportunities. Uh, and, and it's about picking up on those cues of the guest in front of you, whatever that circumstance might be. And then being able to take the ball and run with it, yeah. you know, whatever it is, even if she said, I, uh, sorry, uh, the last guy just ate the last hot dog, you know, I, uh, you know, even something like that would have, would have been part of the way there. Right. And would have yeah. been more than the standard interaction than, uh, than expected. So it's kind of like looking for those opportunities to, Ah, uh, to go beyond the guest's expectation, even if it's just a little bit, but doing it at every possible opportunity or at you know many possible opportunities.
1: Absolutely. And so I think what what I was kind of thinking about in this is what creates the mindset for someone to think that I could do something out of the ordinary? like as you as you work with people with guest experience, right? and someone is, is presented with this opportunity to interact with someone in a completely out of the box kind of way, like you mentioned scripts earlier, right? This is completely non-scripted. How do people develop that? Oh, he asked for a hot dog. Well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to, you know, make something look like a hot dog or, you know, just kind of think outside of, well, actually he ordered salmon and on a Caesar salad, so that's what I'm going to give him. You know what I mean? So, there's right. a different mindset I think there.
0: Yeah, and, and it is how how do you allow yourself to think like that? And maybe you can't do it every single day. Maybe you oh. can't do it during the dinner rush, you know? Maybe you know, if if you're you're able to build that rapport with guests, then there's those opportunities to kind of extract who is this person? What are what makes them unique and what can I do to adjust my service to be able to uh, recognize the uniqueness of this guest in front of me.
1: Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that's, it's, I don't want to say it's that simple, but it's that mindset.
0: Yeah. Sometimes it right? just be conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So at the simplest, at the highest would be serving a food item that this restaurant doesn't serve, you know? Um, and, and like, yeah, that would have been like way beyond, right? There uh, there was a, a book I read a few years ago called um, Zombie Loyalists. Uh, the author's name was, was Peter Shankman. And uh, he talked about how he was a big fan of I'm blanking on the steakhouse right now. It wasn't capital. Morton's. Morton's. Morton's I I think I've heard this. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So he he tweeted while he was boarding a flight. I I of just, man, I'm craving a, a New York strip for Morton's Steakhouse right now. And when he landed and got to baggage claim, there's someone from Morton standing there with a to-go bag with his steak, with his, you know, with his dinner. So uh, that's probably along the lines of of kind of like where you're going with that, right? So there's extreme examples of that. That was like, I mean, you literally like sent an employee to the airport with a free meal, like you know, this is this is all a PR stunt, you know, in in its entirety. Uh, and then there's probably those smaller opportunities to be able to personalize the experience for the guests.
1: Absolutely. And it's funny because I've heard that story. Um, I haven't read that book, but I've heard that story from from Peter, from his keynotes and things. And that's exactly what I thought of. Like yeah. that that's the kind of opportunities I think we have. And, you know, OK, you know, the chicken pizza didn't have a hot dog. They're not going to bring me a hot dog. I get it. But to me, the takeaway was, you know, when we are served up, no pun intended, those opportunities, are we taking them? Yeah. Right. As as a as a guest service provider or even as a as a leader with your team. Like if you hear something with your team and you're like, oh, you kind of, you know, let it go. Is there something in there that you should really be kind of focused in on? Like this is a really important little thing that they just maybe kind of
0: made an off the cuff comment,
1: but it's critical. Like it's it's a bigger deal than they're making it
0: out to be. Right. Right. Exactly. And you showing that you're looking for those shows that that you care. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Exactly. exactly.
0: Yeah. So you have one more?
1: I have one more. Yes. We'll do yes, it. Yes. Right. And um, I saved this for the end because it is about how you say goodbye, right? So- Goodbye. Goodbye. See ya. <laughs> we're all attraction pros done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's how you say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Yes. So at, at most of the parks we went to, we closed them down, right? We were, we were on the second to last train of Steel Vengeance or whatever it was the only reason we left wasn't because we hated it is it because the park was closing. Um, and it, that happened at, um, at Kennywood. Right. And it's been a while since I'd been to Kennywood, but one of the things that, you know, throughout the day, we had interacted with some employees and they said, you got to get this certain ice cream. It's, you know, it's, it's a, it's the best ice cream in Pittsburgh. And we have it over at the stand at, at, at Kennywood and yada, yada, yada. So we thought, all right, we're going to time our last, Phantom's Revenge ride and then have enough time because it's kind of on the way out to go get some ice cream. And so we did that and we got the ice cream cones. We're sitting at at a table and I happened to hear the music that was playing. And this is another example of how audio matters. And I can't remember the song, but it was some kind of you know, old big band, you know, throwback song that was talking about, you know, you had a good day and now it's time to say goodbye. And, you know, it kind of puts you in the mood to kind of get you out of the park, but Mm -hmm. it was, it was saying, you know, thanks for being here. You know, had a good day. Um, You know, we'll see you again soon. You know, that, that kind of lyric. Um, And I thought that was really cool. And then as we were walking out of Kennywood, they have you have to walk through a tunnel under under the road to get out of Kennywood, and they have this huge red heart, and I think it just says good night. You know, it's all lit up and everything, and it even just now it gives me little goosebumps because it's such a nice send off. You know, I think a lot of times we talk about greetings and we talk about um, how we welcome people, but do we talk enough about how we send people? I shouldn't say send people away, but how we how we Send them home. How we send them? I send them home. How we say good night? How we say goodbye in a way that you know would make them want to come back and 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 reinforce all of those great moments and those great feelings that they had throughout the day, rather than parks closed, get out mm-hmm.
0: that kind of thing. So it was a it was a cool experience. So there's a, a concept called the peak end rule, uh, which I've I've heard a lot talking to like experience design consultants, which says basically you know we are going to remember. Uh, the, the peaks of the experience more than, you know, when you're walking from, you know, when, when you're walking from Phantom's Revenge to get the ice cream, you know, whatever it is, you're going to remember the, you know, the, the, peaks of it and you can't just have it be all peaks, right? There, there needs to be the, the ebb and flow of the day. Otherwise that would just be overly exhausting. Right. I, uh, but the huge components of it are the first and the lasting impression, so as far as you said make a, a big deal out of greetings and you know rope drop and you know the the celebrate the parts with the national anthem and you know, all of that uh but how are we saying goodbye how are they going to remember the last experience that they have with us that is going to be kind of what what seals it all together that follow through uh do you remember goodbyes at universal oh I, yeah they probably still do that uh you know for for those who aren't familiar uh, every attraction at, at Universal Studios and at Islands of Adventure, I don't know if they do this in Hollywood or not, but you and I never worked there, so we can only speak on behalf of, <laughs> of Orlando, uh, we will send a representative, a team member, from every single attraction to the front of the park. And every attraction has its own wardrobe. So there's someone from Land, there's an MIB agent, there's uh, you know a, uh, someone from Revenge of the Mummy there. I um, mean, all the attractions, and they might bring some plush with them just to to kind of have a prop, whatever. They're there and they're just saying goodbye to guests. So you can, you can get like, one final interaction with you know your your favorite attraction on your way out and it's it's pure hospitality is what it is there's it's not make sure to upgrade to an annual pass yeah there are those opportunities but it's it's we, we just thank you very much for being here and here's here's all of your favorite moments from the day all at once as you're as you're walking out
1: yeah, and and whether you bring somebody from every attraction or it's a couple of managers that are up there waving and think, saying thanks for being here, um, I do think that the way that we say good night or say goodbye is important. Now, if somebody leaves during the middle of the day, they don't get that. Correct. Right. So it's it's and, it, and maybe as they go through the turnstile, you know, the exit turnstile, you know, at a at a bigger park, they may you know have the the employee that says that the the person that's standing right there um but i also thought about you know at, at a smaller facility like a family entertainment center or a trampoline park where they do their activity and maybe there's nobody near the door and they just yeah leave you right. know and, and is there an opportunity there to have more of a of a send-off
0: yeah you, there absolutely should should be something and in your case it was it didn't even require a, a human. It was all built in. It was it was the song. It was the lights. It was the big heart, kind of at the entrance to the tunnel. There, uh, even when you drive off of Walt Disney property, there's a big a, a big Mickey Mouse sign that says "See you real soon." Yeah, uh, and it just acknowledges the the departure. You know, when you come in, you cross a threshold, right? You go through the turnstile, and you are you are leaving your regular life. You're now entering this new environment. Uh, and then on the reverse, you can't just snap your fingers and be back into it. You need to cross back over the threshold and kind of uh, package it all together and and have it be complete. So uh, we could very easily branch off into that. Maybe maybe we do a whole another episode on that. But uh, okay, but something, something kind of like at least like a lot of things to to percolate there as far as how the experience finishes and, and ends.
1: And maybe it's even just a question that we ask more people
0: yeah you know so like, those listening how do you end your experience right How yeah, there you how go yes the end their experience and how do you say goodbye yeah whether it's during the day or whether it's at night excellent excellent so those are
1: my kind of big takeaways my experience for coaster nerd con 22 um as as a, as a bit of context we did eight parks in no 10 parks in eight days um we rode 46 different roller coasters and we took a, 138 coaster rides. So obviously multiple rides on many different coasters, which is a record for us. We'd only done a hundred in the past. That was our, that was our, our, um, maximum. So we're getting better at this, but, um, had, had a great time. And, um, you know, every time I, I go on these trips, yes, it's for fun and it's to nerd out like we talked about earlier, but I also love taking away some of these, these nuggets that may, um, help other facilities or even just things for, for me to think about
0: yeah yeah absolutely and and being able to always be on the lookout for uh for what you can share whether it's on social media or on a podcast absolutely absolutely so is it time to say goodbye on this episode i think so we we hope you all enjoyed the last hour or so with us it's been great for us we look forward to seeing you again in our next episode uh, if you enjoyed this, leave us a review on, on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, follow us on YouTube. So now I'm getting, now I'm into like housekeeping notes here. <laughs> Make sure to upgrade to, <laughs> to an annual pass. <laughs> there you go. But most importantly, just remember that we are all Attraction preps. Thanks for listening to the Attraction Pros podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you can tune in when new episodes release. And even better, please leave us a review on iTunes. For more information, visit attractionpros.com.